right now, you're listening to Real Texas Radio with your host, Bronin. This is for the taxpayers who don't get anything. Your Texas local and national news. Welcome to the show. Today, I want to start off talking about this Twitter account. It's called Libs of TikTok. Have you heard of it? Well, basically, the account basically reshares or retweets posts that it finds usually on TikTok or videos. And it's the posts usually contain younger teachers, often women, but there's guys on there too, teachers who are in their 20s, they appear. And they are talking about things that they're teaching or discussing with their classes. And typically elementary school classes, young kids, prepubescent kids. And usually it's around gender and pronouns, gender and pronoun identity conversations, or sometimes it's a teacher saying that they're going to be coming out to the class and talking about their queer identity. The most recent one I saw, it was a male teacher who was posting pictures of himself in a dress, a dress that he was going to wear to a LGBTQ club that he was sponsoring at, I think, the high school or maybe the middle school where he taught. And he was going to come out as a, it it wasn't non-binary. I think it was some other kind of word. There's new words all the time. Just when you think you've caught up on the pronoun or the word, you're behind again because there's a new one. This conversation about the gender identity and the pronouns, it's been raging across the country for the last several months, particularly because of the the so-called don't say gay bill that is in the works in Florida. And it's my understanding that all the bill is saying is you shouldn't be talking about this kind of a thing to students before third grade. I've mentioned before on the show that I was a teacher. I taught public high school for seven years. And kids, they are curious. They definitely, they'll start asking you questions about yourself. You know what? You don't have to answer those questions. Kids can't read today, a lot of them. They can't read on grade level. They can't do math. They can't pass their state tests that they only need to get a 30% on in order to promote. There are plenty of things academically that kids need to be doing that we don't need to be talking about pronouns and gender when they're in elementary school because it, it doesn't really matter yet. I revealed very little to my students over the years, okay? I didn't tell them my middle name. I didn't tell them about relationships. There was no need for that. That was not my role. You know, I remember when I was, I think I was eight, maybe I was eight or nine. I was in third grade, and I think my brothers were in second grade. I went to Catholic school for elementary school and my brothers, they were in the public school. So they were getting a lot more of the wild language, as you might imagine, from the, from the kids that they were going to school with. And I remember 
we were at home and my mother said to us, I think we were all in the kitchen and she was like, Hey, I want to talk to you about something. Your brothers, they heard a new word at school today. And I want to make sure that you know what it means. And she said, it's gay, the word gay. And she explained it to us. And I remember thinking it wasn't a big deal. And, but anyway, that's, isn't that what a parent is supposed to do? The kid hears something at school and the parent gets in front of it. They explain it. And it it was completely appropriate in that context. It was my mother's choice. She wanted to have that conversation with us. She felt that we were ready. And because kids were talking about it at school anyway, whether we were ready or not, it was time to have that conversation. Allegedly, a lot of parents don't have this kind of a conversation with their kids, even when they're older, or they don't have the birds and the bees talk. I don't know. It's hard to imagine that in this day and age that parents don't have some kind of a talk or get in front of this in some way, but apparently so. In any case, I don't think it's the role of a kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade teacher to take over that talk for the parent. In a similar vein, there is a a trend now, it seems, among teachers where the kids will come to school and they want the teacher, they want the kids to use a certain pronoun instead that's not their biological pronoun. Or they come out as trans or non-binary or one of these other pronouns or new terms. And they don't want the teachers or they don't want the school to tell the parent, even though they're still a minor. And I understand that there's plenty of things when you're a teenager or a preteen that you don't want to tell your parents and things that you wouldn't say. But, you know, once you have told the teacher, then the teacher is a a mandated reporter, it's called a state mandated reporter. And you, you can't be a secret keeper for the child. That's not your job. In more extreme cases, Kids are allegedly, they're getting on puberty blockers or they're interested in taking hormones or drugs that are very serious and have long-term, it's my understanding, even irreversible consequences. The LGBTQIA movement, you know what, one of the jokes that critics say is, oh, they add a letter every year, they add another letter. And, you know, it does feel like that sometimes, to be perfectly honest. But the LGBTQ movement, it had a big victory in 2015 when the Supreme Court basically legalized gay marriage. Now, in the years running up to that, some state legislatures, they legalized gay marriage. And however, very interestingly, whenever gay marriage ended up on a ballot in terms of like a referendum at the state level for voters to decide, even in California, I think it was 2008, voters rejected gay marriage pretty much across the board. I think in Maine, they finally got the voters to pass it after the voters had rejected it a couple of times. And that's what the liberals do. If... If you say no, they just keep hammering. 
and they just kept putting it back on the ballot until they got the answer that they wanted. Now, look, I'm not anti-gay marriage. I'm a gay guy married to another gay guy. But my point is that I'm also, I I think that people should be uh, deciding. And the more hands that you can get on a decision in terms of voting, and the more people you get on board that way, I think that's a good idea. But anyway, the Supreme Court decided. So it came down to a select few. The same Supreme Court that the libs want to burn down their houses for having a view on another high stakes topic, hot button issue. So my point is, once gay marriage was legalized in 2015, that was a really pinnacle moment. That was like all of the gay rights achieved for a lot of people. Now, I know the the real extreme gay rights people, they would have my head for making a statement like that. But it's like the going into the trans and the pronouns now. This is like a new frontier. I'm not going to say the final frontier because they'll think of something else next that we haven't even thought of yet. But this is like the the new frontier. They had to go somewhere after the gay rights because I know a, a lot of them, they're very sad, but to, to know this, but gay people, they have the same rights as straight people, as everybody else. So this big advocacy movement, it didn't just want to die in 2015 on the eve of gay marriage being legalized. It had to find a purpose. It had to find a mission. I don't think I'm making a groundbreaking claim here to say that kids are very impressionable. And when I was teaching high school, many kids, they had all different hair colors, green, blue, red, all kinds of unnatural hair, bleach, blonde. And I remember one day the principal came over the loudspeaker and reminded students that they could not do that. They couldn't dye their hair or they couldn't have it a not natural human color. And... You know, it wasn't my position to get into a conflict with the principal. And this was allegedly a school rule written down somewhere. But I remember thinking, why do you care? Who cares if the kid wants to dye their hair blue? This is the time. If if you want to be wild, you want to have a crazy style, let the kids dye their hair blue. You know what? When they're 30, they're not going to have blue hair. They're not going to do that. And that's because teenagers, they don't think the same way as adults. Go ahead and look back at pictures of yourself when you were 14, 15, 16. You know, look at pictures of yourself when you were 22. Would you still wear the same outfit today? Would you still have the same hair color and style? Would you wear the same shoes? Would you even make the same facial expressions as you did back then? I'm going to guess not. Or you know what? I'll speak for myself. I certainly wouldn't. Do you think the same way now as you did when you were a teenager, as when you were a kid? No. For the most part, none of us do. Therefore, it's one thing to go dyeing your hair a certain color and wearing a crazy outfit. But it's another thing to start talking about changing your gender and and getting into drugs to help you to do that. That's very serious. And 
Do you remember when Rand Paul, he was asking questions of Dr. Rachel Levine, who is now the Undersecretary of Health in the Biden administration? During her confirmation hearing last year, he was asking her questions about her views on what should be permissible for a kid who is identifying as trans or allegedly identifying as trans under the age of 18. He was asking her, do you think that a parent's permission is important for drugs, hormones, uh, puberty blockers, things of that nature? Or should the minor, the teenager, have the right to make those decisions on his or her own? And Dr. Rachel Levine, she is transgender, by the way. And she wouldn't give an answer to the question. She would not say that a parent should have control of those decisions over their child. Wouldn't say it. It's controversial now to say that a parent should have control and authority over their child's decisions. In fact, saying anything at all that's questioning about transgender rights or COVID, that is cancelable. If you tweet out something about that, you are subject to cancellation. You can't even have the discussion. You know, I thought in LGBTQ, the Q stood for not only queer, but questioning. Well, apparently, you're not allowed to question if you are a heterosexual person or if it's anything to do with trans stuff. You're not allowed to have any questions about that, even if it's your own child, apparently. Even what I'm saying right now, this this is all subject to cancellation. Many would consider this bigotry, this kind of talk. And I want to make clear, I don't care what anybody does. If you're an adult and you want to go get hormones or you want to have a piece of your body removed or you want to add something to your body, go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. doesn't bother me or anybody else at all, in my opinion. I am just suggesting that if you're a kid, if you're a teenager, if you go ahead and make a life-altering decision, a permanent choice to your body, that when you get to your 20s or certainly by the age of 30, that there's a strong chance you're going to feel differently. You know, it's just like with tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. They are very trendy these days, I understand. But even when I was a kid or when I was in my younger 20s, and I had friends that were getting tattoos, and I would suggest, hey, you know, before you go and get something permanent, have you thought about getting one of those removable tattoos or the ones that wash away, the temporary tattoos? And that way you have the tattoo on your body for like a month or, or two months, however long it lasts. And then you see if you like it and you want it on your body for the rest of your life. And how many people do you think do that before they just rush into a tattoo? And it's my understanding that tattoos, it becomes an addiction. And if you get one, you're very likely to get more. And, you know, when I was teaching in Mississippi, a lot of my students they had tattoos. And I'm talking about like 14 and 15 year olds. They had tattoos. And I remember first being very surprised by that. A lot of the parents had tattoos as well. 
hey, look, I've got nothing against tattoos. Again, your your body, your choice, right? When you are an adult. But I remember sitting in parent meetings and, you know, a lot of the parents would be younger. You know, they'd, they'd be still in their 30s and they'd have a teenager in high school. And I remember parents sitting there nervous and they felt awkward and they'd be covering up their neck. They would be mothers with neck tattoos. And you know what? I'm going to venture to say that it wasn't a new tattoo. It was probably something that they got when they were a teenager. And they might be having second thoughts about the tattoo right now. Okay, and spare me, please. I am aware that a tattoo is different from gender identity. I get it. Okay, we don't need to get a lecture here on that one. I am just making the comparison that I know you can get a tattoo removed, but it's not very easy, is it? Especially if it's in a highly visible place like a neck where you might be subject to some scarring or discoloration. I'm just making the point that before you make a permanent decision, your brain might want to be fully developed. Is that a strange concept? It's my understanding the brain isn't fully formed, especially if you're a boy, until you're well into your 20s. Anyway, I'm Bronin. Thanks for listening to Real Texas Radio Podcast.